Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoops Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. What's going on with you, brother? Can't call it. Another day above ground. So you boys doing all right. So it's all you could do. You know what I'm saying? Try to uh try to come up with a plan, follow the plan, and hopefully things go according to plan. So uh but how you feeling, For man? Sure. Everything good with you? Uh, I'm going good. I ain't giving you no echo, am I? Nah, nah, everything sound good. Okay. I'm just making sure because I got to record from my iPad today. So, you know what I'm saying? If uh, if my sound is a little off, ladies and gentlemen, forgive me. It's only because I got to use a, a iPad today. But um, I'll tell you this, though. I'm doing way better than Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, doing better than listen. Me. This whole situation is... I don't know, man. I, I don't think – I think Chris – honestly, I don't think Chris Rock is doing bad. Because if you look at – if you look at this way, for number one, the news is out. His – because, mm-hmm. you know, he's on tour with um Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah. So they said his ticket sales were skyrocketed. That's number one. Number two – People that are a certain type of an adult is like, yo, he he really he really came on top because he held his poise. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the person that that was really that people that are really having. I mean, look, both sides are getting mixed reviews, but it seemed like it was more people kind of giving more more mixed reviews towards Will than there was when it came to Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So this is this is my question. Like before we get deep into it, do you think he knew? Because I've heard two different sides of the story. You know, two different sides of the coin. Do you believe that Chris knew about the disease that Jada had? Um, it's a it's a possibility that he didn't know. I'm not sure if he knew or he didn't, but it's a possibility he didn't know. Shit, I didn't know. So. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I to say he didn't know. I heard about it. I had heard about it. Um, I can't remember the source of where I heard it heard it from, but I had heard mm-hmm. about it. And first of all, like the the thing about the joke, for number one, the joke wasn't a good joke. Number one, that's just my opinion. The, the joke was pretty good, bro. I don't know because even. Because when you think about for the people that have seen uh, G.I.J., Demi was looking like, you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. It it wasn't. wasn't I don't think it was the fact that Jada was, that he was calling Jada ugly. I think it was just the fact like she had a bald head. That was like the perfect, you know what I'm saying? That was a perfect joke to go along. Like, you're going to do G.I.J. too? Like, that that was pretty good writing. And I don't that was, know, man. That was a light jab too, though. 
It was it was, it was a light jab with without the context. I think that with with the context of if he knew about it, like yeah, like the joke is in bad taste. But I think that but see, I heard some people speak about it, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like yeah, it's 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 not an illness or a disease that can kill her. Like you know what I'm saying? It just really you right. know what I'm saying? It's fucked with your hair loss. So it's it's not like. And I mean, you had this conversation a couple years back, and we kind of, you know, we was on two different sides of the fence. Like when the whole thing when Pusha T said the one line about uh, Forty, like mm-hmm. Forty has MS, and it's kind of like, yo, like Forty shit is serious. Like he could really go at any time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he's really living on borrowed time. And I thought that that bar was, you know, I thought it was over the line. And then people was like, when Drake said his wife's name, I was like, okay, I get it, but. In the context of how he said his wife's name, it wasn't bad. He was just saying that, yo, he put a ring on, he said her name's name. It was just like, yeah, he brought it up, but it wasn't no malice, no point intended on what he was saying. And I think that this disease that she has is not like serious, serious, but at the same time, this has been, this has been a crazy year. Really, like what, like a year and a half for Will? I mean, mm-hmm. people been fucking with Will for a long time, but mm-hmm. it's really been like this last like year and a half. It's been, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know, man. I, I just honestly, I didn't think it was like that that funny. But what I really wanted to ask you, because I think that Will addressed this in his acceptance speech, and I think. I've only heard one person catch it. So when he said the G.I. Jane 2 joke and he came up there, everybody know, did the slap, all that type shit, but he addressed that how did he put it? He said that in this business we basically have to smile a lot of shit off. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to be the butt of a lot of people's jokes. Now, when the camera panned to him and he was smiling, I think that he was kind of already, because he was already talking about Will. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that he was putting on that smile because Chris was addressing him. Then he said Jada's name and said the joke. I think that he just had like a lingering smile. You know what I'm saying? And then everybody's like, oh, well, he looked at Jada, then that's when he flipped. And I was just like, but he addressed in the in the thing of like, yo, you have to smile and laugh shit off that you really don't think is funny. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to appear that you having fun. And do you think that that he laughed at the joke and then looked at Jada and saw that she was disgusted and then he did that? Or do you think that it was from what he addressed of like, yo, you, you have to laugh a lot of shit off just because and the camera caught him smiling while the G.I. Jane do, you know, came off. Like, what, what was your thoughts on, on that part? Like, the timing of how that shit ended up happening? Well, um, <clears throat> I, I honestly don't know exactly why he did what he did. Um, I mean, you know, nobody does but him. Um, 
to me, I do think though that in Hollywood you do have to laugh a lot of things off, right? Because that's that's kind of a part of the job. You got to be you you basically a public figure, and in being a public figure, you have an image to uphold. Um, I know a lot of people that I've been hearing talking about it. They're saying that you know he was he was justified in doing what he was doing and. You know, some people say he wasn't, you know, it's a lot of people on the fence about it. Um, but me personally, I feel like he was 100% in the wrong. Um, every year we watch the Oscars and the comedian is hosting. That's what the comedian does in the opening monologue. He talks about the people that are there. You know, so it's not like <laughs> this is something out of the normal. You know what I mean? And then nine times out of ten when he's talking when the when the host or the comedian that's hosting is talking about the people that are there, he's usually talking about the people who are nominated. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, we all know that Will and Jada are, you know what I'm saying, like Hollywood royalty. We know that. Yep. Um they've done great movies. Um, separately, they've done great movies together. They produced great movies. Their kids have done, you know, some movies. So it's not like we don't know anything about this this family. Um, unfortunately, we've also learned a lot more about this family because of them being so open. You know, what I mean, with the whole red table talk thing, and you know, what I'm saying Will Smith basically rebranding himself with Instagram and coming out with a book and all these other things. So it's not like the stuff that you know what I'm saying, people are joking about is, you know what I'm saying, unknown knowledge. You know what I'm saying? This is all public knowledge. I think that Will Smith going up and smacking Chris Rock was the out-of-line part. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, to react the way he reacted, especially off of a joke like that, like, that's not, like, the G.I. Jane 2 joke, that really wasn't a joke to really, you know, spags out on him. That's one of the things where he could have sat down in the seat and been like, hey, yo, chill. You know what I'm saying? Keep it moving. He could have, you know what I'm saying? And then to go sit down after that and then, you know, yell, keep my wife's effing name out your mouth. I mean, it's borderline corny. I ain't going to lie to you. Because (laughs) you did that to Chris Rock, right? And I'm not saying Chris Rock is like chump or nothing like that. That's not my point. My point is that doing that to Chris Rock while he's hosting the Oscars, he's doing the job. You feel me? Like you didn't try to catch mm-hmm. a fair one with him at the after party or backstage or nothing like that. You did that while that man was working. He has a, a <laughs> he has a job to do. You know what I'm saying? He's getting paid to do this. So to do that while he's basically on the clock, that's like if somebody came in while you was at work and then smacked you and your boss is standing right there. You know what I'm saying? You might react differently because you're not making a million something dollars or $100,000 or tens of thousands of dollars. But I guarantee you if you got paid $100,000 to drop off a package and somebody smacked you, you're going to think twice about that. While your mm-hmm. boss is standing right there, right? You might get in the get in the truck and then follow dude home and then whoop his ass instead of beating him up right there on the spot. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Chris Rock, I think um he showed a lot of poise. 
he rolled the hell off that slack too. I ain't gonna lie. He rolled that off nicely. But um he showed a lot of poise, you know what I'm saying? To continue to keep trying to do his job. You could tell he was very frustrated. That's how I knew the slap was real when he continued to talk because he kind of stumbled on his words. Um but I think that it was it was an unfortunate situation because he, you know, Chris Rock really couldn't retaliate the way he probably wanted to retaliate. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you got all these people talking about like Jada. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, oh, he should he should never talk about Jada. He shouldn't have said nothing about Jada, especially a black woman's hair and blah blah blah. First and foremost, like Chris Rock has gone on the Breakfast Club and told people that he has a hard time reading people's emotions <laughs> you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. that that's something that he necessarily that's a real mental health issue that he deals with and so to kind of pit him against you know what i'm saying the situation and say that he was in the wrong i don't necessarily think he was in the wrong he was doing a job you know what i'm saying at the end of the day that's a comedian that's what comedians do you know if we gonna censor him being able to make jokes, then we might as well just not have anybody do an opening monologue in the Oscars. You know what I'm saying? Don't and then we forget that not too long ago, Will and Jada wasn't even going to the Oscars because Will didn't get nominated for that weak movie um where he was supposed to be the African dude. Concussion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though the movie was horrible, you know, she bitched and complained about that and then they were, you know what I'm saying, boycotting the Oscars. Now, all of a sudden, he does Richard, and he's getting nominated for an Oscar. They sit in, you know, front row. So, I mean, I, to me, I think the bigger picture is the attention-seeking. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Because, I mean, truthfully, I, I, I wouldn't say that she's the blame, but I feel like a lot of that anger and a lot of that, you know what I'm saying, that rage that he had in that moment a lot of that came from the situations that they've had to deal with in the past you know him you know the the conversation with you know saying their relationship all the time and you know did will did jada sleep with august alcina and was will sleeping with um what's the chick that played harley quinn uh oh my god Go ahead. I don't know why I can't remember her name. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like for a minute they were saying that he was cheating on Jada with you know, with her. So it's like it seems as if, you know what I'm saying, like recent Margot Roby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they were saying that he was sleeping with Margot Roby. And then it's like, damn, like, you know, after a while it's like, bro, everything is negative. And then like for a minute, remember, like they start dogging him about the movies. He's coming out with all these movies, and then they'll talk about how trash his movies was. Then, you know, the situation with Jaden being gay, you know what I'm saying? The situation with Willow, her having depression and everything else. So it's like it was seeming as if, like, for a, a, a long while, that, you know what I'm saying, that last name, that family was just dealing with negative press after negative press after negative press. And him being, you know what I'm saying, a father and a husband, he really couldn't, you know what I'm saying, combat that. And so I feel like in that moment, even though I think it's wrong, I think that he kind of felt the need to protect his family's name. And I think that, I think that had he done it another way, it could have went off totally different. 
you know what I'm saying? Like he he really could have came out a winner in that situation. But I, I feel like that what he did was some bozo shit. I feel like what he did was was lame as hell because like to smack to smack Chris Rock on the stage of the Oscars, you know Chris Rock ain't gonna fight you at the Oscars, bro. This nigga make way too much money for that. Yeah. Like he ain't even he ain't even throw his hands up when he was walking on stage. He was still making jokes when Will Smith was walking on stage. Yeah, he called him Richard. Yeah, like so you could tell like he you you could tell that he, in his head it didn't even cross his mind to think that that would have been an offensive thing to say. And like you, we've heard way worse from people like Ricky Gervais and everybody else that's hosted this show. So I mean I I really felt like that Will Smith picked a horrible moment to do what he did. Um However, congratulations on to I mean to him for winning that Oscar, but I don't know, man. I I just I don't agree with what he did, and you know a lot of people have been pointing the finger at Jada. I don't think Jada had shit to do with this. I'm be honest with you, she didn't have nothing to do with this. This was the decision that Will Smith made. Yeah, he I made think... a joke about Jada. That's cool, but this was a decision that Will Smith made. Will Smith made it. Jada don't have nothing to do with this. She don't control that man. Oh, well, she definitely don't control him. But I think the way that he handled it, it was the wrong space. It was the wrong time. Mm-hmm. It was the wrong reaction. Um, But something that we don't know, now, I'm not excusing it because, like, my thing is, yo, you do what you normally do, laugh it off, go backstage. Yo, listen, she's dealing with this illness. I didn't appreciate that joke. She's having a hard time with look, we don't know. Like she could be at home, you know what I'm saying, crying from time to time about her hair loss. You know, so we, we don't know what they are going through in their personal times. Like mm-hmm. and she's an actress, a great actress, so she could she could play off like, yo, I'm fine, you know, my hair is gone, I'm good. But maybe she's really not good. Like I think that we don't know what their personal time is like for him to go off on a joke like that. Like you said, it wasn't the harshest joke we have, we we ever heard, but I think it was that one joke that kind of obviously sent him to that place that we never really seen him to react Mm -hmm. at the timely manner that he did, because what you also, what everybody have to also realize is what he was doing at that time. I did a podcast on this shit. Me and the guy Casey, mm-hmm. shout out to Casey. We did a podcast on Summer or So. That mm-hmm. damn documentary was awesome. Yeah, it was. And Quest Love, his name's not even being mentioned. That's the Sam, award that, that he was... Sam ain't even being mentioned. Yeah. Sam just won his first Oscar. Yeah, and it's an honorary Oscar. And it's just like, it was kind of one of those Listen, man, and, and this is why I don't fuck with the Oscars, because Sam has been putting out so much work, so much great work at that, and then y'all going to give him, like, just basically a lifetime achievement type of award, because y'all have missed that opportunity countless times to give him an Oscar for the work that he's done for you know an individual movie. Then when it comes to Denzel, you give it to him for training day. And then even Will. To me personally, what I think Will got robbed at was the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. I thought what he did mm-hmm. in that 
was, he was probably amazing, his man. greatest work. He was and amazing. the movie, and the movie was itself was great. Even his mm-hmm. like, I don't remember how old he was at the time. He had to be like seven or eight or some shit like that. Yeah. Even he did a great job. Cause when mm-hmm. I seen him in that, that's when I was like, yo, he's the next. I didn't mm-hmm. know that he was gonna take the rap route and you know flip his whole thing. But he got he got shitted on when it came to that one. So that's why like when it comes to this, it's kind of like, yeah, y'all are y'all are acknowledging people now. But I also want to mention, like, yo, that's his whole reason why he was even up there was given the best documentary award and then went to Quest Love for Summer of Soul. And Summer of Soul was a phenomenal documentary, man. Just just to think that that this footage was in a basement for like 30 years and nobody wanted to put money behind it to actually edit it and all that type stuff. And it's like, so for them to throw a festival like that in New York, with all of the acts that came through, like you had a teenage um, Stevie Wonder, you had Gladys Knight, you had the Fifth Dimension, you had the Chamber Brothers, you had like the there Staples was so Center. the Stapleton, like you had all of these great acts, and the only people who saw it were the people that were there, and it, it was just buried. Well, and you also got to remember too that it was rivaling uh, Woodstock. Yeah, and I think Woodstock that's why I got pushed year. aside. Yeah, That's why I got pushed aside. Yeah. Yeah. So he he put out a great documentary and it's like all we're talking about is this situation. And it's just like I felt that that Questlove needed to be acknowledged for the work that he done on that. And I, I and that's what I hate about it the most. It's just the fact that this dude put together this and that was the whole reason why he was even on stage at that time. So mm-hmm. it was the wrong time. It was the wrong moment. And he put out an apology. You know, he finally apologized to Chris and whatnot. And I'm hearing, which I hope they don't, but I'm hearing that it's supposed to be supposedly a little behind the scenes where they're going to do a red table talk and all this type shit. And it's just like, Chris is on tour. Like, he ain't got time to be sitting down. Like, if he mm-hmm. didn't know, if he didn't know, he know now. He knows that, okay, the joke that I took, okay, it was it wasn't the right time, but from the way that I was told, you know what I'm saying, violence isn't always the way to handle the situation. Absolutely, you know, and that's why I say that Chris was was a, uh, was a stand up dude for letting that shit roll off. He, he, you know, he got rattled a little bit because I mean that was a, that was yo we talking live TV yo like that was very unexpected you know even even they saying that um um that Richard Williams is like very disappointed in in Will right now you know for the way that he held his composure so I I I hate that it went down that way because. Now forever, the the, the uh, your first Oscar that you won, everybody's talking about you slapping Chris Rock, and Chris Rock was presenting the best documentary, and it was Summer of Soul, and I heard that Questlove haven't said anything yet, but I'm pretty sure I I don't think Questlove is one of those guys who's really seeking attention. I I, I don't think that he's like 
oh my God, y'all ruined my moment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think he mm. is glad that his work got acknowledged. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that he's like sitting back, like this is bullshit, man. Will stole my moment. Like I, I don't think he's doing that. But yeah. it, it, it is kind of kind of fucked up, man. So I'm with you. He he was completely wrong. He could have he could have said something like, "Yo, I mean, like chill." As, as loud as he was at the end of it when he told him, you know, what I'm saying, "Keep my wife's name out your effing mouth." Like you could have been like, "Hey, yo, Chris, it ain't the time." And with the respect, I'm sure Chris Rock has for Will Smith. <clears throat> well, I ain't gonna say I'm sure, but I would like to think that Chris Rock would have a lot more respect for Will Smith than to move on and be like, "Oh, my fault, man." You know what I'm saying, and keep it pushing. Like that, he, to me, he I feel opened, like that situation could have been a lot different. He opened up the Pandora's box, man. Because comedians now everybody's dude. The me, he made it worse actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the conversation, I mean, we'll move, but like with the conversation that I'm pretty sure that him and Jada now had, like. He could. It really would have been better if he would have backstage. Yo, Chris, listen, my wife is dealing with an illness. She didn't appreciate the joke, the hair joke, because you know what I'm saying she can't grow her hair back. If he would have did that in silence, it more, I would have respected it more if he'd have just caught Chris backstage and just gave him the fade in. Yeah, like to do it right there on that stage. And then, and then another thing, I know, I know, I said we was moving, but Will Packer produces. It was all black producers for the first time for the Oscars. You know, but what are we talking about? We're talking about a slap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, and then I would say this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I felt that when Denzel told him what he told him, that was supposed to be between him. You know what I'm saying? And for you to put Denzel on front street like that to be like, yo, Denzel told me, you know what I'm saying? When you're on top, that's when the devil comes and all this type of shit. And it's like, yo, I think that that was probably just for your ears only. But see, but see, that's what I'm saying, man. Like they, to me, they are too, that's like, that's like the Kardashians. Like everything they do is for fucking content. So it's like, when does it get to a point to where you don't have to tell everybody what the hell is going on in, in your life? You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. Excuse me. What happened to the days where celebrities would keep shit secret? You know what I'm saying? Everything don't need to be talked about. Everything don't need to be mentioned. And for me, I feel like th- that moment was his moment to do some stupid content shit. I feel you. I feel you. Well, you at least, at least, like, at least I mean, we. It's, yeah. It's it's just goofy shit, man. Like. You get to a point to where, like, bro, you there for you were you there for best picture? Well, well, best act. Well, he won for best, best actor. actor okay, best actor in the picture. Like, come on, bro. You was just you was just bitching and complaining that you ain't get nominated not too long ago. Now they nominate you, and you go and do some goofy shit. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. just is. It, it's it's silly as hell to me, man. Like I said, I don't I don't agree with what Will Smith did. I think it's lame. I think it was some bozo shit. You know what I'm saying? As a man, you got to be able to handle yourself in all situations. And sometimes we do lose our cool, but you could have lost your cool in a different situation. Because to be told, like that could have backfired, nigga. That could have been a lawsuit. That could have been anything. Yeah, he turned. He denied the charges. Like 
mean, I mean he assaulted yeah, somebody on stage. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And Chris, and then yeah, I hear exactly. people joking about it, like who called the police? Like first of all, the police is there, but like the thing is, like yeah, they have to ask Chris, like yo, do you want to press charges? And but, but Chris that's what like, I'm saying. Nah. Like, but that ain't just. And when I say a lawsuit, like that's not just a lawsuit against. I mean, from Chris Rock, that's a lawsuit from CBS. That's a lawsuit against the Academy. I mean, uh, from the Academy, from CBS. Like, that's a lawsuit uh, from a bunch of people. Because, first off, that's a liability for him to do that during that situation. You know what I'm saying? CBS is the one that's, you know what I'm saying, broadcasting it. You know, like, it's a a bunch of shit that could have went down. Like, that's that's what I mean when I say you got to make better decisions. Like, you got to be smarter than that. And then... Not only that, like you was just laughing about the shit like three seconds before that. Now all of a sudden you want to get in your feelings and and jump up and be bad, knowing that he ain't gonna or or I ain't gonna say he not, but knowing that he you gonna put him in a position where he can't really retaliate because he the host of this shit. That could ruin his career forever. Like if Chris Rock swing back, and they end up getting to a, a full blown fight. Ain't nobody gonna want to hire Chris Rock no more. Ain't nobody gonna want to put Chris Rock on something. But you know what I'm saying after that, like, so it's just, you know, it's to me, man. That's that's you you put somebody in a bad position. You know what I'm saying because you got emotional, yep. and I just I, I can't rock with that. I I think that was that was a weak move on Will Smith's part. Um, people have said a lot lot worse to him, and yep. you know. Yeah, I mean, we can move on from it, but <clears throat> yeah, I I just, you know what I'm saying, luckily, it wasn't, you know, it didn't go no further than it did. Luckily, it was just that. Unfortunately, it was just that. But, you know what I'm saying, I, I hope that those two can piece it up and, you know what I'm saying, possibly work on something later on besides the fucking red table talk. You know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah, Will, Will Smith got to do better, bro. You You know, some jokes like, You've been in the industry how long? How many comedians? How many times you've been to a comedy show and a comedian said something about you? Like, come on, man! Or said something about your wife? Like, how many times somebody said something about your wife in music or you know what I mean? Anything? You ain't say nothing about it, but you want to punch up on Chris Rock? Like, come on, bro! True. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that moment though. But um, like you said, man, shout out to Questlove, shout out to Sam Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Um, getting some some jizzle, you know what I'm saying? Getting some uh, getting their honorary flowers and whatnot. Um, so today we got an interesting show, you know what I'm saying? We bringing you another top ten list. Um, this one is gonna be interesting though. We're doing the top ten TV shows of all time, and um, you said no sitcoms. Yeah, because I felt like. I think sitcoms that that's a thing within itself um, mm-hmm. that we can even do. I just feel like when it, when it comes to a sitcom, I think that there's a different type of writing. There's a different type of message that is going with the sitcom. And I think when it comes to TV shows, I think that the reasoning for, I, I, I think that I don't know, like I've already said, I've already said like it's, like my mind, when it comes to movies, is is very odd. Like I've mentioned to you before, like if we did like a top ten movies, 
it's really hard for me to put like a horror or a comedy in there because I think that those two genres are so different. Like they deserve like their own thing. And it's kind of hard for me to interchange. Like that's how I feel like with sitcoms and TV shows, it's hard for me to interchange them. That's just me mm-hmm. personally. I don't know. I, I just got this weird thing within myself where it's like, it's hard for me to interchange those because like Martin is like one of the, greatest sitcom well to me the greatest sitcom but I don't think it's like like the greatest like show because I think the content is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's yeah. it's just like it's some different type of shit. So yeah. Um I didn't mean to fuck up your list though when I said that because I, I already know you told me like yo like I had some mad sitcoms in here. Yeah I you know I was gonna put hella sitcoms in that bad boy. But um no nah, man I, I managed to get a I'm I feel like I managed to get a good list. Um you know I had to I had to think twice about, you know what I'm saying, the shows that I put in there because I'm thinking like do they got a laugh track in them? Are they are they on certain networks? And I'm like, ah, well they don't got them in there. So I think we pretty good, man. I think I I think I did pretty good. Cool, cool, man. So who 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 kicking this thing off, man? Who's kicking who kicking it hey, off? Man, this was this was your idea, man. So you do the honors, brother. Okay, Let's start this thing off. So now we're, we're not doing honorable mentions, but me being me, I I got a I got an ADD problem. So there's just three things that I want to mention before I get into mine, <clears throat> and it's just the fact that I love these shows so much, but the reason, like these three shows that I'm going to mention, would be in there, but they're not in there because the shows are still currently going and they're not done. And what I did mm-hmm. with my list, my list personal and stop foster is I want to have an ending and these three shows do not have an ending, but they're three of my favorite shows. Number one, obviously is snowfall. Snowfall is my shit, but I did not put snowfall in mind for the simple fact of like, we, we're actually currently doing it on the show. So it's not mm-hmm. done yet, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be another season because the show is so great. So I did not put Snowfall in mind because the show is still currently going. I didn't put Ozark in mind because Ozark is, is coming to an end, but they're going to finish it next month. So I didn't put Ozark in mind because it's not done. And the third show, final show that I'm going to mention is Animal Kingdom. It's one of my favorite shows, TNT show. I've been watching it for a long, well, I think it's been on for like five years, five or six years. It's one of my favorite, favorite shows, but the, they're, I think they're filming it right now. They're filming the last season, so I did not put it in there. So those three shows I really fuck with, but they're not done. So number 10 on my list, man, I got an ABC show. You know what I'm saying? This was one of those shows that they really took over my life, man, because it was just like, yo, I had to be in front of a TV at 10 o'clock at night every Thursday and that is how to get away with murder you know what I'm saying shout out to Annalise Keating you know what I'm saying Viola Davis you know she got her big break she killed it that was one of the I think this show was the one that really got like Shonda Rhimes like that that huge deal like even though she had Grey's Anatomy but like how to get away with murder what's the one with Olivia Pope that's the one that got her to do Scandal yeah, that was the that yeah. was her one. That was her. But she was on the run. Songs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I really fought with how to get away with murder, man. Um, I think Viola Davis just, man, 
she was she was some like she gave I don't remember if she got an Emmy for it, but if she didn't, she should have. But it was one of, that was one of them shows, man. So number ten on my list, man, I got an ABC show, How to Get Away with Murder. Okay. Um man, number ten on my list is a Comedy Central show. Um you know what I'm saying? It's one of those ones that I've been <laughs> you talking about watching. I, I was watching this as a as a kid. And it's it's so funny because now like seeing Niecy Nash do what she do now, people don't even know like her being the, the officer, you know what I'm saying, of Reno, Nevada, man. Reno nine one one. This is one of the <laughs> greatest shows. <laughs> this is one of the greatest shows to me of all time. Um a lot of people came out of this um a lot of people came out of this series and did great things. They got, you know what I'm saying, some big breaks later on down the line. Um I forgot her name is Wendy uh mm, mm, mm. I wanna say is it Ferguson? No, Wendy Wendy something. But she ended up being um she ended up being uh oh, what's his name? Gary Owen wife on um Think Like a Man Too and then she ended up being the mom on another show uh, about on uh, ABC. And I forgot what the show the Goldberg. She ended up being the mom on the Goldberg. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, I like yeah. it. So she she was in it. Um Nisi Nash was in it. You know what I'm saying? Just it was just it was one of those shows that like it didn't it didn't have a particular storyline, but it had a premise. It had a great premise and it was basically just like you know what I'm saying? This camera crew following around, you know, saying these Reno cops, and it was like a, basically like a parody of cops. But it was just, it was just comedy nonstop in and out. It was just a great show. Not surprised. You know what I'm saying? I know this was gonna be <laughs> comedy heavy for you. Uh, so listen, number nine on my list, man. This this was one of those shows. I I uh, I was late to the party. So I was able to binge it, and it, it had a, it had a time in my life, man, where it was just like this is this is all I was watching. It, it's originally an AMC show, um, started in two thousand and eight. Man, that's Breaking Bad, man. You know what I'm saying Breaking Bad with uh Brian Cranston. Uh, listen, he played Walter White. Walter White is like. A pivotal person in the world, man. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Paul was in there. Uh, they came back with Aaron Paul to do uh, like a movie to like kind of close the chapter on Breaking Bad. It was called El Camino, and El, I didn't really like the El Camino movie that they did to close it out. It was just basically the they showed the escape and said that basically Je- that Jesse got away. Basically, that's all it really was. But um, Breaking Bad, you know, the whole little game of crystal meth and then, like, for Walter White being the clean-cut dude and then he gets cancer and he's just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to start. I'm going to I'm gonna become the biggest crystal meth dealer that there is in the world because I'm dying of cancer. Like, I don't care about the consequences <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's just like, like, like the premise of it is really kind of dope because it's kind of like it's something that you would never do, but then it's kind of like, yo, I'm dying anyway, so fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do because I'm dying. 
So I thought that the premise of, of the show Breaking Bad was pretty dope for them to come up with that, man. So it was it was it, Breaking Bad at a time in my life, man. Like, I think I finished, like, I don't remember how many seasons it was. I think, let me see, Breaking Bad ended up being, um, how many seasons these motherfuckers come up with? It did 62 episodes. Like, dude, I know I watched, like, all those episodes in, like, two months. Like, I was I was on Breaking Bad Heavy, but I was re- I was about ready mm-hmm. to go in there and start cooking up some crystal meth for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was in it. So, I got Breaking Bad, man, number nine on my list, man. All right, man. I, too, have an AMC show um, at number nine. And it is, you know what I'm saying, the story of my man Rick Grimes, man, The Walking Dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This this show was um this show was super unique, right? So when we first, you know what I'm saying, like seeing this joint pop out, it was different because it was about people living in a post apocalyptic world, you know what I'm saying, among zombies and how they would get along and, you know what I'm saying, basically survive in this type of world. And it ended up becoming something way bigger than what I think even the creators thought it was going to be. <clears throat> and so much so that it even had a talk show to come on after it to discuss the episodes, um, you know what I'm saying, as time went on. This was one of those things where, you know, everybody was on this, like everybody was on this craze. People was really messing with it. And it had some huge moments. Um, One of the biggest moments was when Negan, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Killed, um, you know what I'm saying? A couple of the other group members. And it was just like one of those things where you was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Um, You know what I'm saying? When Rick and Michonne start getting together, it was crazy. Um, it was just, it's one of those things, man, where it's like everything about that show was just wild, but it was, it was definitely keeping you on the edge of your seat. It was so good that, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole family would sit and watch that show every Sunday. So definitely, man, Walking Dead for number nine. Uh, just want to respond to what you just said. The reason mm-hmm. why, now Walking Dead had a time in my life to the point where even Fear the Walking Dead came in there. Um, couldn't get into I was that. I was huge into both of them, but when I I can tell you exactly when I stopped watching Walking Dead, and this is why Walking Dead is not in mind. When Rick was on the helicopter, mm-hmm. that was the last I stopped. I was just like, I, I can't do this no more. I was like, I need I need to know, and it's just like it, that show. It, it kept going and going and going, and it wouldn't stop. And it was just like, yo, like what is going on? So. I was heavy, man. Mm-hmm. Nine o'clock on Sundays, man. I was there, man. Every mm-hmm. Sunday at nine. Like this was probably the last appointment. Nah, it's not. But like, as far as I can remember, that was one of those shows was appointment TV for me. Where I, I sat down nine o'clock Sundays and watched it. So I'm with you with that. But it got to a point where it it, it kept getting more and more and more. To me, it got more and more ridiculous. It's just like, yo, y'all out here wearing masks and shit. I mean, okay, putting the smell on you, I get it. But then, like, y'all mm-hmm. start wearing their faces. I was like, okay, man, look, man, well, what is this shit? What, like, what is going on? Where's Rick? And it just got to the point where I was like, I can't watch it no more. So I feel you, man. I, I used to fuck with The Walking Dead Heavy. So, yeah. 
So that that was your nine, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So number eight for me, man. This is a show that that took me down one of the funnest wormholes I've ever been down. All right, to the point where I got nuts. It's a Showtime show. Had four seasons. Um, the show started in 2007. And it's the Tudors, man. The Tudors. Oh, you uh, really got into that. Man, I got into that heavy. I actually watched it twice. I watched all four seasons again. Um, Listen, man, it was Jonathan Reese Myers. Uh, he was playing King, King Henry VIII. Yo, mm-hmm. I think King Henry VIII was one of the most fascinating fucking rulers of whatever that there was. Like he was, he was the dude where I, I got so. Dude, listen, dude, I got so into the Tudors, dude, where I'm watching documentaries on his castle. I'm watching documentaries on him himself. I've learned so much about him and. His wife, they've they've made plenty of movies. I mean, the other Berlin, um, they made um they made like two movies on Anne Berlin because that was one of his wives that was that was so captivating that they they just had to keep making movies about her. Mm-hmm. And then just the story of not just King Henry the Eighth himself, but his offspring. For the fact that the whole term of Bloody Mary came from his daughter Mary because she had some of the bloodiest wars, religious wars, because he changed the religion because she grew up with the religion that they went. He changed the religion so he can divorce his mom so he can marry Anne Berlin. And then when he died, she switched the religion back and it just got all crazy. And then not only was it that, it was just the fact that like her husband because everybody knows it was arranged marriages back then he was gay so he didn't even really fuck with her and so then the youngest sister elizabeth ended up watching and learning from the mistakes that her sister made so she ended up when she ended up ruling she didn't get married at all so she was like yo when i'm ruler i'm gonna be the ruler because she basically was like yo i'm not gonna let no man Goddamn, determine what I do. So she took the vow of not getting married. So when she ruled, she could rule. So I went down the whole wormhole, man, when it came down to the whole King Henry the Eighth family, man, because of the show, The Tudors, man. I, I, it, it was one of those shows that don't a lot of people talk about it. It's, it's really slept on. But I think, like, once you start watching it and then learning, and then, like, actually seeing the facts, because King Henry the Eighth, was a bullshitter, yo. Like he was mm-hmm. a fucking asshole. Like, like when he married, like I say this and I move on. Dude, I'm, this, I'm passionate about Tudors, man. I no, love this So like he 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 ended up marrying. Well, okay. So what ended up happening is uh, I forget what that one game called. They ride the horses and they fucking have the sticks. Yeah, they got that. Yeah. So they were doing that. He ended up getting an injury from that, and um, well, he ended up basically getting gangrene in his leg. And so mm-hmm. like after he got that. That's when he started getting fat because young King Henry VIII wasn't fat, but then mm-hmm. he ended up getting fat because he, you know, he couldn't be active anymore because his leg was fucked up because he had a huge ass hole in his leg. So 
the his leg smelled like shit, right? So he ended up marrying this German girl and divorced her because he said that she was ugly and she stank. When our actuality is, you fat one, and you the one who stank, but he put the shit on her and tried to say that it was her, right? And so, yeah. like, he here with eighth man, it's like, he was like one of those first dudes who kind of like, who really got me to start questioning. This is one of the first things that made me really start questioning history. Is because he wanted to be portrayed a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how do we know other people didn't do the same thing he did? How do we know that? Because they even show it to where he was just like, yo, no, don't say that. Say it this way. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you like some people want to be portrayed a certain way and it didn't really go down that way. So anyway, I got num number eight on my list, man. It's the tutors. As you can tell, I love this shit. So uh yeah, I got tutors uh number eight on my list. My bad. Man, you making me going to go watch it now. You getting into all that history, man. You know that's my thing. But um so um <clears throat> my number eight is from Netflix. Um it's a show that, you know, I got into it because of the mental aspect of it. And it was um, very intriguing to see the life of a stalker. You know what I'm saying? You don't get to see that a lot. So um, my number eight is you. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man, Joe. You know what I'm saying? Out here forcing these women to be his woman, falling in love and letting people know that being a hopeless romantic sometimes can end up in a, uh, a bloody mess. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> No, nah, it was it was a it's a it's a dope show, you know what I'm saying? We got to see how you know, he would live his life with a child and a wife and all these other things, you know, him having to go through the things that he went through and the whole while he did all of this and my man never ever got caught. Just catching yeah. bodies left and right. I've been wanting to get into that, man. I've man, been hearing about it, but I heard. And did you ever get into Dexter? Because I heard it's mm -hmm. kind of, kind of similar, but not really the same show. But it's like similar. it's like Dexter, but it's more so like the love story version of Dexter. Gotcha. Yeah, because Dexter is like a he like a detective or something. He becomes a detective or something, right? No, he's a serial killer. You know what I'm saying? But he like he helping the police. Like, see, that's what I don't know. See, I never got into it. Like, oh, okay, I, right, I was right. just telling somebody that you know, I you know, I look like I speak a lot about like serial killers, like real serial killers. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Yo, you never watched Dexter?" I was like, "No, I don't even know what Dexter." But I said, "Dexter is a serial killer." Like, that's what the whole show is about about him being a serial killer. Yeah. Well, see, I know that like his brother or something is like a cop or something like that. Yeah, I never got into it. I see they brought it back. Um, I've been wanting to fuck with it. I might, I might jump on it, man. But, uh, but I've been hearing good things about you, man. I just never, I never jumped into it. But I've been hearing good things. Yeah. Cool. Oh, back that's, on me. That's my number eight, man. Netflix. You. All right, man. So my number seven, man, is a star show. Um, came out two thousand fourteen. Um, changed the game to the point where they turned the shit into a whole universe, man. Man, power, man, like, like power, power, 
Power had me, man. Power had me. I'm telling you, James A. Patrick, man. Motherfucker Omar Hardwick, man. He, hey, I'll tell you, like, it's one of those shows. You know what it is, man. I think it's because, listen, I remember when I did the podcast with uh with uh with Tyrone Collins, and mm-hmm. we were just talking about because I asked him how did he really like get into TV and shit like the way that he does, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Yo, man, it started with the stories, man." And I was like, "Yo, my mama was the same way. Like she used to watch the stories, like you know, glad you know, uh, God and light as the world turns, bold and beautiful, like all that shit." Shout out to Victor Newman. Yeah, man, Victor Newman, man, was that guy, man. And the thing is, that's basically what power is, but it's just a drug dealer version. It's just it's mm-hmm. just another motherfucking soap opera. You know what I'm saying? With with black characters and Latino characters and the white dude. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, like as ridiculous as the show got sometimes, the stories was the same way. Like, and it's just like I felt like if you grew up, you know what I'm saying, with a with a mom or a grandma that, that used to watch that shit, like you could get into power because it has some of that ridiculous shit, but it also gives you that new era spin to it where it's drug mm-hmm. dealing. And I ended up getting into power heavy, man. That was another appointment TV for me, man. Nine o'clock on Sundays, I think. Yeah, nine o'clock Sundays. I used to be on stars sitting there watching power, man. So I, I got to give it this prop, man. I got power at number seven for me, man. Okay. Well, my number seven is... um. FX show is currently on this new season. Um, shout out to my guy Chattis Gambino. Uh, Atlanta, man, this show is brilliant. I mean, that's that's the only way to um, describe it, you know, from the mind of Chattis Gambino and a, and a host of others. But when I tell you that this is nothing that this dude can't do, is nothing that this dude can't do. Um, from being a comedian to being a rapper to being an actual musician and an artist, you know what I'm saying, to being an actor, to being, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a show creator. Like, this show has everything that you're looking for. It has comedy in it. It has drama in it. It's thought-provoking. Um, it's a great reflection on society. The social commentary on it is, is amazing. Um, you know what I'm saying? Lakeith Stanfield is amazing. I forgot what Paperboy's name is in the show. I mean, I forgot what the actor that do Paperboy, but he's Brian Tyree. uh, Yeah, Brian Tyree Harris, I think. No, Henry. Henry, Henry. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. He's amazing in it. Um, He's going on to do some amazing things. He was just in Eternals. He was in Godzilla versus King Kong. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's going on to, you know what I'm saying, open up his palette and do some amazing things as well. Shout out to Zazzy Beats. So beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying, they they got uh, great guest appearances on there. You know what I'm saying? Had the Migos on there early. Cat Williams, you know what I'm saying, got a shot to get on there. And I mean, it's, it's just, you know what I'm saying, they, they've had local Atlanta comedians on there. It's just, to me, one of those things that, you know what I'm saying? He took the culture of where he was from and created a TV show out of it and really embodied what it was like, you know what I'm saying, to be from that area, but also keeping up with, you know what I'm saying, the current trends of the time, and you know what I'm saying, and basically infusing all that together to create a TV show. And to me, the only thing I could think that kind of rivaled that in a comedic sense, at least, was uh Comedy Central had a show called Southside and they kinda did the same thing, but it just wasn't to that level. 
But yeah, to me, Chattis Gambino got a hit with this one, man. And that's Atlanta on FX. That's my number seven. Man, listen. I'm about to fuck the game up with this one. Okay, then. This is man, listen. This show, I don't know, I don't even remember how it came about it. But once I started, I was hooked. Number six on my list is a Showtime show started in 2014, had three seasons. You know what I'm saying? Penny Dreadful, man. Penny Dreadful, man. Listen, it had Josh Hartnett, Timothy Dalton, Eva Green. Um, It was one of those supernatural shows, man. Like Tim, like Timothy Dalton, like he was basically like the scientist for Victor uh, Frankenstein. And um, Eva Green, she was a uh, Vanessa, and she was like, she was like a uh, like a medium kind of like. And Josh Hartnett ended up being like this, like this beast, like full moon come out, he's fucking shit up. And what made this show like it was like one of those. It's it's a, it's a fantasy show, but it's a horror show like at the same time. And it's just like there are so many different turns of events of the show, like where it's just like it's one of those shows where you never know what to expect. Now the storyline, like it keeps a storyline, but at the same time, man, it, it's 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 one of those shows that is so different. It's so odd to the point where like it I would compare this show to something like Kid Cudi, right? Like Kid Cudi is so odd where like he has like his own fan base and the people who don't fuck with him are like y'all are weirdos like they say mm-hmm. all, they say all the people that fuck with kid cut are weirdos like the people that don't fuck with them that's what penny dreadful is it's for weirdos and it's like they stay in that weird zone to where it's just like the main media is not gonna fuck with them. and then it came back with penny dreadful cities of angels I didn't really fuck with that. I didn't like the spinoff. I like the original version that came out 2014. Man, it, it's it's one of those shows where you can't you can't really put your finger on it, man. Like it got vampires in it, it got wolves in it. Um, like I said, like the the like the it was main, a show on HBO like that, wasn't it? It might it might have been it might have been um. Because HBO has so much shit. But Showtime do too. That's why I remember telling you, like, I, dude, I really fucks with Showtime. Showtime be having some sleepy shows, man, that be really, really good that a lot of people be sleeping on. But, like, this show, Penny Dreadful, man, it's, it's just, it's one of those shows, man. It's, it's a weirdo show, but the writing on it, the acting on it is phenomenal. And if you enter the type shit, you will fuck with it. So I got Penny Drag for number six on my list. All right, man. So um, number six for me, going back to FX, is the show that we are currently um, reviewing right now, and that's Snowfall. Um, Snowfall is a great, great show. <clears throat> um, telling the story of um, crack cocaine in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? And how it, uh, True Blood was the show I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. True Blood, thought, yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's one of those movies. I mean, sorry. It's one of those TV shows that 
you know, even though it's focusing on a single character, it's also telling a story without telling a, a story. You know what I mean? Like it's giving you the 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 feel of you know what I'm saying what the eighties were like in LA during this time. Um it's showing you the 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 digression of the black community in this time. It's showing you the you know, showing you all of these people who basically didn't have an opportunity and they found opportunity and basically was becoming millionaires. You know what I'm saying? But it also showed you, you know what I'm saying, the it showed you the high life and then it also showed you the low life. And I think that, you know what I'm saying, this show in years well, once it's an actual finished show and a finished product, I think this is something that's really gonna go into um you know, the, the Library of Congress as a testament of, you know what I'm saying, what was being done in America in this time and how it affected its citizens. This is one of those shows that, you know what I'm saying, it, you hate to you hate to see, you know what I'm saying, the truth sometimes, but this is one of those shows that shows the truth, but also the story of this show is amazing. Like, this is one of those things where, even if you never knew that, you know what I'm saying, it was a crack code, crack cocaine epidemic in America, this is one of those things to where, like, if even if it didn't happen and they still created this show, it would be, it would still be just as good, just because that's how well the writers, you know what I'm saying, have put this show together. And, of course, R.I.P. John Singleton for the vision. And, you know what I'm saying, him, you know what I'm saying, giving his heart to this project, but... Yeah, Snowfall is that joint, and that's what I got for number six. Everybody know I love Snowfall, so uh, we know we cracked the top five, and we actually done this show on this podcast on this platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Netflix show, probably. I mean, this is this is as far as Netflix, like this is in the top three of Netflix shows of all time to me. Um, Unfortunately, it's only two seasons, but two seasons is enough. My hundred man, oh, yeah. my hundred man. Listen, my hundred man, Jonathan Groff. Like this show, just the depth that they went into it, man. You know, they're talking about how the FBI first, you know, came up with the term serial killers. How they came up with the whole, the whole uh, system to be able to put together a profile of what serial killers is and how they're going mm-hmm. around the country teaching other cops about this type shit, but also using these tactics to solve cases and and then like the serial killers that they interviewed and all this type stuff, man. Look, my hunter is 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 is, is that shit, man. Like I mean, I won't go too in depth with it because like I said, we did a whole podcast on this platform. Y'all can go back in the archives and find this. But my hunter is one of the one of the best shows that you're gonna find on Netflix. So I got Mile Hunters number five on my list. Yeah, Mile Hunters is that joint, man. Um, okay, so for my number five, man, this is a stars joint. And even though um they kinda in the battle for the next season right now, this is also not completely finished. But if they do finish it, this is kind of like one of the probably one of I know the what it is. Most cliffhanging endings in the world right so um if anybody knows me they know how i am 
Yep. <laughs> you, already know, <laughs> you already know. If anybody knows me, man, they know how I am about any kind of mythology, whether it be Egyptian, Norse, Greek, Roman, um, American, English, whatever, Irish, whatever it is. Any kind of mythology, I'm totally into it. And it's American Gods, bro. American Gods on uh, Stars is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, they add in a bunch of different aspects from different parts of mythology, different parts of religion, um, different parts of society. And it's basically, um, it's basically the, uh, screenplay from, uh, of a book, the book American Gods. And then they, they basically turned it into a TV show. Um, but they add in aspects of, like I said, different religions, different cultures, different mythologies and then they take those um quote-unquote old gods and then they basically rival them with new gods which would be like television media uh internet um technology uh fame and all these different other aspects of the you know what I'm saying the modern world and you know what I'm saying they're basically having a battle to basically gain humanity's love and belief back and it's just like <laughs> It's it's just it's one of those shows, bro. That's just when I tell you, like genius. The concept of it is just genius. This is one of those shows. So, American Gods on Stars. That's my number five. I fought with American God. I seen a season and a half. I seen the whole first season. I seen half of the second mm-hmm. season. Uh, it's not that it's not a bad show. It's just Stars was just one of those things where I would have Stars for a little bit and then like cancel Stars, yeah. you know. It, it's you know, one of those things, but no, it's a good any show. time, any time a season drop, I get Stars and then right after that season is over, I cancel it. I feel you, but yeah, American guys is is uh, pretty good, pretty good. Not mad mm-hmm. at that, man. Number four, man. If y'all want to hear a whole breakdown of this shit, I did a podcast on this on um, twenty eight minutes or less. I did it. I really did it because I, I, I was pissed off about the season finale. I was kind of mad about that. And um, so number four on my list is a show that has been in my life for 10 years. Uh, it's a Showtime show. Came out in 2011. This is the only comedy that I have on here. Uh, I know Scoops would appreciate this. I think I've been trying to get Scoops to watch this. But number four on my list is shameless, okay? M- Emmy um, Rossum, you know what I'm saying? William H. Macy. Um, this show is it's one it's one of those shows where it's really hard to explain on how I fuck with this show. I mean, not really me personally, but it's just it's just more of like it's one of those shows where as funny as it is, it's it's a different type of humor. And when there's a different type of humor, and then when you look at the castmates, it's kind of like, oh, really? Like, you really watch that show? Because like, some people will look at it and be like, yo, like this show is basically about white trash that live on the south side of Chicago. And it's just like, yo, like, I get it, but I think that the in-depth that they went with this show, I think the way that they the way that they decided to do it in the route that they decided to take, they took political stances on this show. Like, it, it's, it, it's a lot. It's, 
this show, even even when the pandemic started, like they was even wearing masks and shit during the show. So like they they took on things that was going on currently at the time and all that type of shit. I did a whole podcast on the last season, the eleventh season, because I, I felt that I didn't like what they did with the season finale. But uh, yeah, man, this is a show, man. Like I said, I've been fucking with this show for a long time. I actually wasn't on it when it first came out, so like I was able to like binge like the first two, maybe three seasons, and then I started watching it while it was on. This was another appointment TV for me. But man, number four on my list is Shameless, man. I for sure thought that was gonna be a top three one for you. I ain't gonna lie. Um, yeah, you you know I fuck with Shameless. Yeah, I was aiming for like three or two, but uh, <laughs> you got me on that one. So my number four, man, um, is going back to Netflix. Um, Thought provoking, um, very very intelligent. Um, a reflection on the present of society, the, the present of society and the future of society. Uh, Black Mirror, you know what I'm saying? Great social commentary. Um, even without pointing it out, you know what I'm saying? Without blatantly saying that's what it is. I think that um, even though it's an anthology series, it has a lot of um, connection in it. You know, um, you can tell that it's all within the same realm. It's all within the same world. It's not like a, uh, it's not like one of those things where like one minute they're in the future and then like the next minute, you know what I'm saying? Like they showing cavemen and no shit like that. So um I think that it's a it, it, it's a great way of talking about you know the way things are going as far as technology goes, the way people are going, you know, what I'm saying with technology, um, just it, it, it's just a lot of different things that that show touches on, and you know, what I'm saying it was very creative and super intriguing for me. You know, what I'm saying just the the um the themes behind each episode always, you know what I'm saying, kept me enthralled and kept me just thinking like, damn, like this is some real deep shit, like without really, you know what I'm saying, but still being entertaining at the same time. But yeah, Black Mirror number four, man, Netflix is the joint to go see that on. And if if you haven't, go back and rewatch them joints. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just as entertaining as when you first watched it. I fought with Black Mirror heavy. Black mirrors that shit. I really fuck with that. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Not surprised about mm-hmm. that being in your top five. Mm-hmm. So uh top three. Number three on my list. I did a podcast on this as well. It's a BBC show. Literally, like this was one of those shows where I had it. Yep. I had it, I had it at two. <laughs> I had it at two and I moved it. Yeah. I, sh- I this was shuffling at the end, man. This is one of those shows. If if y'all are into like psychological crime mystery mm-hmm. detective shows, mm-hmm. this is what you want with one of the greatest actors. Which I'm glad he has a show that he can say his own is Luther. Shout out to um, Idris, man. Man, Idris completely murdered that show and what one of the things that i mentioned and like look this show came out in 2010 like it's it's only it's five five seasons but when it comes to british shows british shows are different like there's only like 
four episodes for one. One season is only two episodes, then it's another season where you might have six. So it's not a yeah. ton of episodes. But the thing about it, like he's like a superhero. Like he wears the same outfit every show. He wears the same outfit to work. And like the way that he solved these cases, and not only is he solving cases, he has this one girl from the very first episode where he knew she killed her parents and her dog, but he couldn't prove it. And then they formed like this weird like relationship and then it turned romantic and then it turned kind of kind of crazy but it's just one of those shows man if you love like like those crazy psychological killers like there was one case where this one dude he would only murder with his mask on they took his mask off dude couldn't do shit like there was one dude who played a game with this thing and then if you get a certain number, he would kill you with a hammer. If you get another number, he kill you with it. Like it's, it's like it's, it's a, a wild ass psychological shit. But it just album deserved to have a show that he could call his. I'm glad that his country gave it to him because it's a British show. But uh, if y'all fuck with that type shit, man, Luther is the show that y'all want to watch. He's John uh, Detective John Lu- uh, Luther. Check that out. It's a BBC show, but it's on HBO Max right now. You can mm-hmm. find it on some place. I, I, it was on Netflix, and then now I see it's on HBO Max, but it's originally a BBC show. So, Luther, number three on my list. For sure, man. Before I get into my number three, man, also, man, Bridgerton just put out a new epi- uh, a new season. I'm about to say a new episode. New season. So, um, if you're a fan of Bridgerton, you know what I'm saying? It's out on Netflix right now. Go check that out. Great show. Um, but my number three, you know what I'm saying, is um, an ABC show. Uh, and it's about, you know what I'm saying, one of the coldest, coldest con men slash criminals in the game. And that's my man, Raymond Reddington, man. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, you know what I'm saying? He been, he was doing this thing out here, got caught, you know what I'm saying, by this newly trained, inducted FBI agent who later on we find out is his daughter. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the blacklist. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. The man is, you know what I'm saying, doing them all bad, helping his daughter. And he knew it was his daughter, but she didn't know that was her daddy. And they're doing all these great things. And, you know what I'm saying, basically, she is, he is helping her become the greatest FBI agent of all time by catching the world's most infamous criminals. You know what I'm saying? He's going, you know what I'm saying, to the dirty undergrounds, you know what I'm saying, of the underworld and the criminal scene, and doing his, you know what I'm saying, getting his connections going, and blah, 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 all the while helping his daughter, you know what I'm saying, come up with this amazing resume, which at the end of it is basically going to make her, you know what I'm saying, the greatest FBI agent to ever do it, because she's basically catching all of these niggas (laughs) on the the America's Most Wanted list, you know what I'm saying, and, um, you know what I'm saying, It's it's a bunch of secrets, it's a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of spy stuff, a bunch of action. You know, it's it's just one of those shows where you think something is one thing, and then two episodes later you find out it's not what it is, and you find out that one person is this and one person is that. Then they got a mole here, and then they got a dude who's double-sided. He's a double agent. And it's, just, it's a great show, man. It's always something that, you know what I'm saying, throws you for a loop. And people know I am a sucker for a good plot twist and it's always a plot twist in this show. <laughs> so, blacklist man check it out abc 
Um, I know for sure they got the um I wanna say they got it on Netflix, but if not Netflix for sure Hulu. Bet, bet. Uh number two on my list, man, it's a show caught my life by storm last year, man. It's an old show. I had to do a pod on it, man, on the 28 Minutes or Less, man. Go check that out, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a self-explanatory HBO show. Came out in 1999, man. Basically seven seasons, but I don't know why they did the last season, 6A6B, whatever. I don't know why they did that. But The Sopranos, man. The Sopranos. I knew ja- it, bro. James Gandolfini, man. Listen, man. It's, it's worth the hype. I used to hear people hyping this you. show up. They got you. They got me, man. Like, to the point, listen. But, like I said on that podcast, man, what started it was the Mini Saints of Newark, man. If I never mm. would have watched the Mini Saints of Newark, I probably never would have watched The Sopranos. But I watched it. I was intrigued. Man, like I said on that podcast, dude, I was watching The Sopranos so much, man. Man, listen, Tony Soprano was in my dreams. Like, it was crazy. I think I like, know what your number one is. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think I know what your number one. You know is. what it is. You know what it is. But uh, but not nah, like I just think, dude. That's one of the. I think I say this, and we can move. I think it's one of the most interesting things, and for someone to come up with this idea, whenever they came up with it, for this show to come out in 1999, for a mafia boss to be in therapy, mm. like. Like, just the thought of, like, are you serious? Like, a a mafia boss being in therapy, and then he has to hide it because he don't want anybody thinking that he's weak. So, with therapy being so talked about now, it it wouldn't be such a weird thing, but for 1999, for you to say, like, you're going to write, you're going to do a show. When the show starts out, he's sitting in the therapy chair. That's the way the show starts, Mm -hmm. is a a, a mafia boss being in therapy. That is a great-ass concept, man. So I got a Sopranos, man, number two on my list, HBO show. You can find it on HBO Max. They got me with the hype, man. I'm in it. Heavy. <laughs> okay, man. So my number two, you know what I'm saying, is um, an old Fox show. This was okay. um, This was one of the shows that, once again, super intelligent. Um it caught me because of the humor, the humor in it, and also um, just the just the way that the main character was portrayed, and that's House. You know what I'm okay. saying? Um, shout out to Hugh Laurie; he did a great job in this in this role. Um, but House was one of those shows that followed, you know, what I'm saying this doctor who was basically one of the most intelligent minds in the world but he also faced his own demons and you know what I'm saying he was facing addiction and stuff like that so you know what I'm saying like the love interest thing he had going on you know what I'm saying basically mentoring you know what I'm saying other doctors and everything else and he just it was just like it was nothing that house couldn't fix you know what I'm saying? Like, House could fix anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, he always found a way to get it done. Um, he was like Doogie Hauser on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's but, funny. Um, it was just a great show, man. You know what I'm saying? It was always some kind of clever comedy. 
know what I'm saying? Um, real witty jokes and stuff like that. It was, um, you know what I'm saying? It was great. It was intense. Every every show was intense. You know, it was always something to where it was like down to the wire and then they finally figured it out. You know, so they finally solved the problem. Um, and, it has some, and it had a pretty great cast of supporting characters too. Um, it, it was a bunch of people who came in and out of that show. And um, yeah, it was just one of those things, man. I was glued to the TV watching that joint house. That's what I got for number two. That's what's up, man. Not mad at it, man. Shout out to Omar Epps. Oh, for sure. So you already know what it is, man. Ain't no, ain't even no reason to even play around. Everybody knows <laughs> Lee Shriver. You know what I mean? Showtime, 2013. We got seven seasons. Um, oh, I then, was totally wrong. Oh, you wrong. You wrong. Oh, listen, yeah. man. Listen. Nah. I was gonna say the wire. Nah, I had the wire, and then I started shuffling some shit around, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been number one, man. Listen, man. Ray right. Donovan is my shit, man. Um, I was so a, yeah. You just did a pod on the, on the movie. Yeah, I did. I had to do a pod on the movie because they gave me they closed the show out, man. Um, listen, it came out 2013. I was late on it. Like I probably got on it around like 2015. So I binged the first two seasons, and then I finished it. And then it was another appointment TV thing for me. Um, the seventh season came out. They finished it. People was upset. So then they was like, yo, we'll close it out with a Ray Donovan movie. Like you mentioned, I did the Ray Donovan movie on the um on the 28 minutes or less. But man, for for this dude to be a Hollywood fixer and to go around and to do the things that he's doing, but not only to be a Hollywood fixer, but the the demons that he's facing, the demons that his three brothers are facing, his brother, this dude, he don't have the greatest relationship with his kids. He got one brother with Parkinson's, another brother who is who is dealing with the fact of being uh being raped by a priest then he got a black brother who who comes because uh and then he's dealing with his own demons and then ray too who also was assaulted by a priest as well but he just deal with it in a different type of way and then their brother then their brother then their sister who they didn't really get into her story to the last season where she committed suicide because she got pregnant by his former bosses. But there's a whole bunch of shit going on. But man, Ray Donovan, listen, man, Ray Donovan is that shit, man. It is literally that shit. I've watched this show seven seasons twice. I've watched it twice. We're talking, what is it? We're talking 82 episodes. I watched 82 episodes twice. Like, I fucked with this show. And then also got to realize, I got four Showtime shows in my top ten. Showtime mm-hmm. is my shit, man. I could have put another one in there, the show called Affair, but that's a totally different story. But, yeah, man, Ray Donovan is my shit, man. Uh, Showtime show, that's my number one on my list. All right, man. Well, my number one ain't as intense as yours is. <laughs> But it is a show that is um, that is mutually loved amongst many. It it's it's hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't love this show. You know what I'm saying? To me, this is probably um, this is probably up there with any any show that you want to throw out there and be like, "This is the greatest show." No, this is the greatest show of all time. Um, basically, 
redone. It's a remake from a British television show. You know what I'm saying? And Ricky Gervais was on the British joint. They turned around and redid it. You know what I'm saying? And gave um, a totally new feel to it. But um, <laughs> listen, shout out to my man, Michael Scott, man. You know what I'm saying? All the way out there in Scranton, Pennsylvania, selling paper, making sure these sales get up. But, you know what I'm saying? The best boss in the world is Michael Scott. Everybody wants a boss like Michael Scott. That's right. I'm talking about The Office. The Office is the greatest show of all time. When I tell you that there's nothing that this show couldn't do, these niggas play a full pickup basketball game on the clock at work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they got the rims from. <laughs> I don't know why, but they had two basketball rims, regulation, and these niggas played a full pickup game <laughs> on the clock in the warehouse. At Dunder Mifflin, bro. <laughs> I tell you, that there are so many. There are so many memorable episodes and moments from this show, bro. Like this show is probably this show is probably like I don't know, maybe like top two on on just on, on just like regular stations. Right, just like your regular station, like your ABCs, Fox, NBCs, mm -hmm. as far as that, like it's definitely top two. But when I tell you, like to me, this is the best TV show ever made. There was nothing that this show couldn't do. I'm talking about made you laugh, made you cry. You know what I'm saying? When when Jim and I mean, yeah, when Jim and Pam finally got together, you know what I'm saying? You, you cried your heart out. Uh, Dwight Schrute is a fucking fool. You know what I'm saying? But he was a ladies' man at the same time. Nobody knows how. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, Michael Scott just... The stuff that he was doing was just totally nuts, bro. Like, bro, it's so many memorable... So many memorable things from this shit, bro. This nigga had... <laughs> this nigga had a racial sensitivity class <laughs> while he was at work. <laughs> he was being super fucking racist during the racial sensitivity class. Then he named he named Dwight he named Dwight the safety guy <laughs> in the bit like of the office. And this nigga, this nigga <laughs> set booby traps around the office and started a fucking fire, bro, and locked everybody in the fucking office, bro. When I tell you, bro, just, it's just like the stuff that was going on in this office, bro, you would never believe no shit like this was ever fucking possible. And then what made it even funnier is they added Ed Helms in there. And you know how he is. Like, Ed Helms is, like, super funny. So, like, it's, a, it's one episode where, like, at the beginning of the episode, these niggas is doing parkour around the office. And, and then they go outside of the office and they doing parkour outside, but they doing it in they like work suits and shit, like with dress shoes and all that shit on. So it's like <laughs> they jumping from like these shipping containers. So they jumping from one shipping container to the next. But in the middle of the shipping container is like this empty refrigerator box. 
and this nigga Ed Helms tried to jump in that motherfucker and fell into the refrigerator box. <laughs> you talking about the funniest <laughs> opening of a TV show, bro? I'm telling you, The Office, man, it got way too many memorable moments, way too many quotables. It's just one of them things that you talking about them. They need to make a movie for The Office. That's all I'm saying. If they would have made a movie for The Office to end it all, that would have been the perfect cap. You know what I'm saying? For a great TV show. But yeah, The Office is my number one for sure, bro. Well, like it. well, before I do my recap, we've already been over this. You know what I'm saying? I think there's been two things that uh, fans, I want y'all to listen carefully when I say this. There's been like two things where Scoots almost ended the friendship with me. And one of them is Star Wars and the mm-hmm. other one it's the office. Because I told him that I didn't fuck with him. It wasn't that I didn't fuck with the office. It wasn't that. It's just I never like sat down and watched episode for episode of the office. Like I've seen sporadic episodes from here and there. That's the that's the brilliance of it. You don't even have to watch an episode for episode. Yeah, like I hear it because it's not like a continuous story. Right. You know what I'm saying? And as it's you know, just, it, it, one, it actually is. It's actually a very. It's like it. It actually follows a timeline. But I'm saying, like, it's so great that you don't even have to watch an episode for episode. But like, if you want to get the the complete story, you definitely have to watch episode to episode because, like, you gotta you gotta follow Michael Scott's journey. You gotta follow Jim and Pam's journey. You gotta follow Dwight's journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta follow basically every because everybody's journey is linear throughout the show, but it's so yeah. many different things that's going on in the show. Like you don't even, excuse me, you don't even realize like, you know what I'm saying? They story is going along, but it's just, it's, it's just one of them shows, bro. Like, you know, comedy central do a marathon on it. You can yeah. just turn comedy central on and let the office marathon play. I'm telling you, you're going to laugh 80% of the day. Yeah. And see, and, 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 I always mention this every time we do lists because, like, I got one comedy on here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's Shameless. And it's just like, but I think that from my list, I think it explains me, though. Like, to do my recap, I had How to Get Away with Murder at 10. I had Breaking Bad at 9. I had The Tudors at 8. Power at 7. Penny Dreadful at 6. My Hunter at five, Shameless at four, Luther at three, The Sopranos at two, Ray Donovan at one. All of those shows are fucking dark, except goddamn Shameless. And even Shameless is, is it's dark comedy. Like it's not like mm-hmm. in your face, like laugh out loud comedy. Like it's like dark comedy. So you know what I'm saying? That's my recap of my top ten TV shows. Yeah, I had um. If you count Atlanta and if you count House, I have four comedies or comedic style shows. Um, but I had Reno 911 at 10, Walking Dead at 9, You at 8, Atlanta at 7, Snowfall at 6, American Gods at 5, The Blacklist at 3, House at 2, and The Office at 1. Yes, sir. Very, very diverse people. You, like I said, you never know what you're going to get on this podcast. <laughs> also, I had Black... Uh, I don't know if I said it, but I had Black Mirror at four. I don't know if you had said it or not. But yeah, very, very diverse 
list, very diverse show, very diverse mm-hmm, people sure. in mind. So yeah, man. yeah, man. This, this great this, TV. All of yeah, great TV. Of course, um, definitely. So let's get into this coming soon, man. Yes, sir. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right, so we back at it this weekend. <clears throat> I said this weekend. I'm sorry. This ep- I'm thinking of something else. This ep- uh, this next episode, we right back at it, man. Snowfall episode seven coming to you. Can't wait. You know what I'm saying? We finally found out what was gonna happen with the tiger. Um, you know what I'm saying? Basically, everybody's gonna regroup. We got a new character added to the mix. I'm excited, man. What you think? I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this Kane thing uh, pans out. And I think that mm-hmm. you made one of the greatest points ever, dude. We think we know what's going to happen with Kane, but you mm-hmm. brought up a great point. Like, look what happened to Scully. Look what happened to Man Boy. Like, yeah, we could think that this is going to be an all-out war where it's going to be a shootout and neither one of them going to be able to stay in L.A. without each other. But you brought mm-hmm. up a great point. We don't know. Yeah, Franklin could talk to him, and it it could it could come out a totally different way. But I'm very I'm very intrigued to see how this whole Kane thing plays out. So Me I too. think that that's gonna be really the main focus, and also a side story for me is to see how Leon takes all of this because now you you reopening you know what I'm saying old wounds. Because mm-hmm. they really, they really, if I remember correctly, they had a fallout right after yeah. Kevin got killed. And it took yeah. a minute for, for Leon to come back around. And so for this to be resurfaced, I think that's something to keep your eye on, man. And in a, in a weird way, it's kind of like they got a fallout now. Yeah, like they're not, they're not fam like they used to be. Yeah, big time. So, um, it's, yeah, you're right, man. It's going to be super interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I didn't even think about the Leon aspect of it, but that's going to be interesting. Also, um, we still don't know what's going on with Teddy. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how Teddy is handling his situation. Um, so we'll see, man. We're definitely going to see. Going to watch this episode, come back to y'all this next episode, and we're going to give y'all uh, our, you know what I'm saying, thoughts and opinions on it. And, um I can't wait, man. Until then, you know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all go back. If y'all haven't heard any of the old episodes, if you're new here, you know what I'm saying? Go back and listen to those. Or, you know what I'm saying? If you just got an episode that you like hearing, go back and listen to that. And if you got anything that you want to hear personally, a request or anything else like that, feel free to hit us up on the socials. And the way you can do that is hitting us up on IG or Twitter at ViewAndNinePod. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at VAPod Watch Group. And, uh, you can follow me personally um, on Twitter at Scoots Bronson and um, check out my TikTok at Scoots Bronson TV. Yep. Y'all can follow me at uh, s.foster8. That's on IG and Instagram at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. <laughs> that is on IG. Go check out the new episode, episode 79 of the 28 Minutes or Less. Yo, I did my top five rap groups of all time. So go check out the episode. Let me know what you think of the list that I put together. I was in my zone. I ended up talking a lot about uh, 
a lot of the groups that I mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast. I went a little deep into that. So so go check out, man, the, uh, the last episode that I put out for the 28 Minutes or Less. That's right, man. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. <clears throat> the support is greatly appreciated. Uh, until the next episode, man, like they said, Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut.